Hello and welcome to the Jesus-Centered Family Podcast, where we talk about ministry, parenting, and everything about equipping the next generation to intentionally live a Jesus-centered life. Welcome back, everybody. How are we doing? Doing great. Doing great. Good. Glad to be here. You are, did you say sad or excited? Excited. Excited. I, I will uh, articulate a little bit better. Like I'm really sad that I have to be here today. <laughs> <laughs> it's rainy outside. I know. Just, we're like full fall mode over mm-hmm. here. Yeah. It's like cold, rainy, gross outside. Yes. But the leaves are pretty amazing right now. They are. They're it looks about really the nice. only thing amazing. <laughs> it's true. It's yeah, it's a pretty disgusting week. Yesterday was good. Yesterday was nice weather. It is what's what's the date? Today's October eighteenth. So if you're listening like far into the future, Today's we're, the nineteenth. Nineteenth? Man. Really? Wow. I missed one. <laughs> are you sure? October's flying by. It is. Yes, because I think October first was like two days ago. It feels like <laughs> that was my birthday. See, it's not does been it, that long ago. Does it feel like it was three uh, weeks? For ago me, almost? it feels like an eternity. I'm sure. So you've had an exciting couple weeks I, since we've been here. I did. Yeah, yeah. A little, a little bit of hospital time, mm-hmm. a little bit of sickness, mm-hmm. but I'm good now. I'm healthy. What happens when you get old? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never been sick ever <laughs> until now. So, as we are approaching. Well, we're fully in fall. We're approaching winter. Stacy, have you started listening to Christmas music yet? Um, not in my car. I've listened to a couple songs and my Grinch at my house, which is my middle child, who's always like, we cannot put Christmas things up before this date. We can't do this. He's been singing Christmas music. Really? Yes. Okay. So yeah. Has he been listening to it or just yes. like? Yes. Like when he gets in the shower and he yeah. bellows from the bathroom. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Grinch is his heart's grown bigger, uh, I guess. Three times his normal <laughs> size. That's amazing. Um, so, Troy, are you a? Uh, you started like shaking your head and looking disgusted when it's I asked. Way that too question. early. Way too early. Maybe after Halloween you can ask that question, but Halloween hasn't even happened I know. yet. Yeah. I know, so. but it's going to be here in two days because yeah. October first was just two days ago too. <laughs> yeah, I, like I always was like a. After Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. like day after Thanksgiving, we can decorate for Christmas. We can listen to Christmas music. And now I'm a, when we get home from trick-or-treating, let's watch a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Especially like there's been times where it snowed on yes. Halloween. Oh, it's like, yeah, yeah let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's just put on the Christmas music. Yep. I'm right there with you. There's so many good movies to watch. There's so many songs to be heard. You, it's time. Like you're not going to get it all in if you don't get started. And I feel like... Mm-hmm. The longer we go, the more great Christmas movies are created, mm-hmm. and you just don't have enough time. I agree. Like, I we are literally during Christmas season watching Christmas movies every night, mm-hmm. and sometimes we have to double up because we can't get them all in. I agree. You better get That's on awesome. the train. That's awesome. Man, yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm slacking when it comes to Christmas stuff. I just I enjoy it when, it's, when it's there, and I only need about three or four movies. I'm good. Home Alone, Elf. We, we really did this last year for student ministry. Yeah. We did a... Uh, Christmas movie draft, and so we didn't. We weren't necessarily ranking our favorites, but we had to pick which ones would be on our team if we were drafting. Yeah. Um, and so you you did pretty well in that. I did okay. I was, yeah. You had a couple okay. duds in there, but yeah, I went with my gut, or not my gut, but went with what I wanted, and that wasn't for the people. Yeah. The people want. want <laughs> yeah, other that's things. what I shifted. I went for yeah. the people. Yeah. That was yeah. smart. Yeah. You definitely won that. Yeah. Well, you were but still the new guy at that point. That's true. Um, so when do you decorate for Christmas? 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the question's yeah. going to be yet. No, I said, when do you decorate oh, for do Christmas? You? Um, it, it, before Thanksgiving. Before Thanksgiving. Everything's done to. before Thanksgiving? Yes. Okay. Do you guys host Thanksgiving? I did last year for the first time. With Christmas stuff up? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we just had turkeys and whatever we yeah. needed. In, in the, yeah. They can, co- they can cohabitate. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree. <laughs> My wife would disagree. If we're hosting Thanksgiving, she wants yeah. it to be fall. Yeah. yeah. What nice. about you? Yeah. I think we're pretty consistent with like the week after Thanksgiving or like Thanksgiving's on Thursday, usually that mm-hmm. Saturday it or Sunday. It doesn't change. Yeah. It's yeah. always Thursday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's usually that Saturday or Sunday. We'll, we'll start putting up Christmas okay. stuff. Yeah. We, we're usually right around there when we like do our full decorating. I, yeah. I wouldn't hate the week before, but usually Christmas <laughs> outside Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm already looking at the calendar. Like when, when do mm-hmm. I have a day to do this mm-hmm. where I can get out there and get them all hung and, Cause it's quite an undertaking. Yeah. That's a new thing for me with de- putting up Christmas lights on a house. Cause you do have to do it when it's nice out. Yeah. And if, if you got to put them up a little bit earlier, then that's what you got to do. Otherwise yeah. you're out freezing. My, my one Christmas living in Georgia spoiled me cause mm. I was out the, like the week before Thanksgiving in shorts and a t-shirt hanging them up. And yeah. it was amazing. Yeah. It felt so good, wow. but it's awesome. Not here. Not here. Not usually. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Every once in a while you get like a 60 degree day and yeah. take advantage of it. Yep. But. All right, so today we are jumping into another new topic as we do every time. Um, and today's topic is talking about our kids and when they're not acting normal. Yes. Which, who knows what normal is. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think it's important to note that we all have kids. And between the three of us, there are 13 children. Uh, both Troy and I still have little kids. Mm-hmm. Stacy is in the like straddling adult children down to teenage children. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of have the whole gamut covered with a lot of children. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so could you guys share, uh, like, are there times when your kids just aren't acting like their normal selves and maybe share with keeping confidentiality and your kid not hating you, but, uh, sharing a little bit about what that has looked like in certain situations. Yeah. So I kind of was the one that kind of asked this question a couple of weeks ago because my son was going through a little bit of a phase and it was hard because he was definitely acting not his normal self. He's been for the most part, a really good kid. You know, we haven't had too many, um, outside of the normal disciplinary type actions that we've had to take with him. And so there was about a month long phase where he just would not listen, but it was also going out of his way to do things that he knew was wrong. Hmm. And, um, it was just really hard, you know, cause again, just not who he normally was. And we tried to talk to him about, you know, what's going on and you know, what's, what's really going on behind the scenes here. And, um, you know, as a seven year old, six year old, maybe even at the time where it's, they putting words to emotions can be hard or words to experiences can be hard. And so uh, that was just a tough phase with, with him. And we, we dealt with that a little bit and we've come out on the other side of it uh, for the most part. And so we'll, we'll talk more about that, I guess here in a little bit, but yeah, definitely went through a phase where just one example, like we're pretty strict with him not crossing the street and going over to our neighbor's house without us. Like that's something that we've set for since we moved into our new home like hey you don't you don't cross the street you don't go into a, a neighbor's yard or spe- specifically we've he's got friends you know in in a neighbor or in a house or two down the road 
Um, but we've been very strict with that. And then one day, even after we had just told him, Hey, do not cross the street. He runs across the road and goes over to uh, a neighbor's house. And that seems small and maybe it is kind of small, but for us, it was like, that is just not him. Mm -hmm. And that's not his character. And at the end of the day, like, yes, we knew where he was, which is good, but it was disobedience, deliberate Mm -hmm. disobedience. And, um, on top of a couple other things, he got in trouble at school a couple of times and just dealing with all of that was new for us as yeah. parents. And it can be kind of, I don't know if scary is the right word, but definitely, um, an interesting time of like, what's, what's going on. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like, what do we do now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And caring for him, you know, there's a level of like, this isn't you. Are you okay? What, what can we do to help in this? We had, we were still dealing with being new to, Fort Wayne. We were in a new house. He had transitioned schools a couple times. He was homeschooled and then he went to a different school and then he went to a different school. And so within about a year, he was in three different educational Mm -hmm. systems or, you know, modes of learning. And so just a lot of transition there. And we just were worried that maybe he wasn't doing okay with all that. Yeah. 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 Stacy, what about you? Have you experienced this at all? Oh gosh. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I would say, because I'm in the Kidsman area and we have, I deal with a lot of families with new babies, we have a lot of new babies in our area. And I know, and I remember this specifically too, when we would bring a new baby home, our oldest, the child that was, the, had been the baby before mm-hmm. you would see this behavior stir up where you're like, I think I've broken my child. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden we're having temper tantrums and every toy is like having to be taken away because I can't punish him every time. So I'm trying to remove toys so we don't have meltdowns you have that to way. Get creative on your punishments. Yes. And, yeah. So I remember that being even at a very young age when there was a new transition happening and it just kind of spurred that when you mentioned that mm-hmm. there's been a lot of transition in, in his life recently. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, um, I've seen it in all five of my children. One of our children has always, uh, tested the limits with everything pretty much his whole life. <laughs> kind of gave it away. I'm down to four kids now. Um, <laughs> And so that is something that we have battled with him a lot. But then I would say uh, around 16, we've seen that with our kids again, like Mm -hmm. trying to test the waters and test us maybe too. Um, So yeah, definitely have seen it many times in different phases of life with our kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, Troy, that like you mentioned the transitions and the Mm -hmm. different schools, like that was kind of the example I was going to use is we moved to, to Georgia and then we were there for about a year in two different school systems and then moved back and had to go into another school system and then COVID hit and then we went to like, and so we saw a lot of that during that season. Like, um, I don't know, like, I I don't know how much there was like the disobedience piece, like how it came out, but just noticing that there was differences in in behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, one of our kids in particular, like it was like probably once a month or once every couple months, like we'd have to like, just like sit down and like listen to him like cry about our old house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like it mm-hmm. was specifically one room usually in the house that like he would like miss. Mm-hmm. And he was just so sad about it. Yeah. Um and and really like there's nothing you do. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we like we sold that house, we moved. Like it's mm-hmm. it's not coming back. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's just like listening to him and caring for his feelings <laughs> in that mm-hmm. and like yeah, I miss it too. Like it was mm-hmm. it was good. It was fun while we lived there and now we live somewhere else. And yeah. Um, but it is like, it's hard to, to know what to do, like, especially when it comes out in disobedience and then you're like, well, 
um, you know, I did this. I sent you to your room. You were sat in time out. You got a spanking. You got this toy taken. You know, like you're like going through the whole issue. Like, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> like, yeah. um, so yeah. it's, it's tough to kind of to navigate those things and mm-hmm. kind of figure them out. Yeah. I think you bring up a good point where it doesn't always look like disobedience. It, it can just be sadness. It can just be, um, mm-hmm. secluding or, um, trying out different, um, attitudes or characteristics you know they just try on different things sometimes when they feel like they can't be themselves or when they're just going through something Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, that's a good point yeah that kind of starts into the next question like what are the things that you would tell parents to look for um i mean i guess you kind of go like you know little kids up through like later elementary preteen to like teenagers are going to look different but like what are the things that you should be looking for as a parent that would clue you into like something might be off. Cause I think all kids are going to get in trouble, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean like they're not being themselves or something's mm-hmm. happening or they're going through something. Mm-hmm. I would say the number one thing we've probably dealt with most is anger. Mm-hmm. Like, there just seems to be the anger, like, dude, what is the deal? Like we can't get beyond <sighs> you just being angry about nothing. Mm-hmm. It appears to us, but mm-hmm. I would say anger is definitely one um, with having a girl some sass um, <laughs> that easily comes out. And then I would say too, um, the emotional part, meaning tears for mm. the smallest mm. of things um, or things that you would think, wow, we're going to have tears over that. I, that's surprising. Like yeah. just mm. extreme emotion, probably in any direction is probably. Yeah. I was, I was key. thinking along the lines of the tears. Like yeah. um, I think, especially with my wife being a mental health counselor, like we are very intentional on like talking about feelings and like, it's okay to cry. Like Mm -hmm. I'm a pretty like sappy dude. Mm -hmm. Like I cry more than I would like to admit. Uh, But (laughs) like with my boys in particular, I have a lot of conversations of like, I don't think tears are warranted in that situation. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And, Mm -hmm. but sometimes I think it's like, you know, that's the smallest thing. And I just look at them. I'm like, I don't know why you're crying right now. Like mm-hmm. that's not worth crying. You um, wait till break gets to that point. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, but I, I I've seen yeah. that. I would say like tears for sure. Yeah. And then, but like not trying to just like eliminate the tears. All, right. Cause like, I think crying can be good. I don't like doing it, but um, I don't think it's a bad, you know, a horrible yeah. thing. I think it's just navigating. Like when is it appropriate yeah. to, right. to cry? And maybe in this situation, it's not appropriate. Yeah. But that's an indicator that they're have something welled up or right. there's something is there's some tension already built within them mm-hmm. that they don't know what else to do yeah. with their emotions. I know just a personal story when I was in high school, I was in a relationship and it wasn't Carly, but I was in a relationship. Uh-oh. I know. Right. I don't want to reel too much, but, <laughs> um, it was just a tough relationship. And she, uh, the girl I was in a relationship with was just going through some things and it was really weighing me down. And it had been a couple of weeks just dealing with that. And I think my parents could tell, and I don't know what it was, but, um, I just remember one night, my dad, um, I was walking by him just in the living room area and he was like, are you okay? Like just asked me very straightforward and I just broke down. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I had, I had just gone to the kitchen. I got a popsicle. He had asked me, I said, no, I just broke down and like my popsicle just melted <laughs> like because we were hugging and like Aww. it just was like one of those moments of like that that tension that it just it came out in tears mm-hmm. and emotion and 
I wasn't myself, but, and he picked up on it yeah. and just simply asking the question, um, revealed some things that were going on there. And, um, so yeah, I mean that, I love that the emotion part of it is definitely something that you can pick up on with your kids. Cause you know, your kids, we know yeah. our kids and we know what gets them excited, what they're, um, I don't know, passionate about and mm-hmm. when they're not doing those things or when their character does seem a little off, yeah. it's usually easy for parents to pick up on. I want to jump back to your story. Yeah. Sorry. We're just, yeah. go, we're going, um, <laughs> did you and your dad have that type of relationship? Like, was that fairly normal to have those types of conversations? No, 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 it was not. No. Um, not that he wasn't available or anything right. like that, but it just, I'm usually a pretty closed off person in general or just very, um, quiet in most mm-hmm. most regards and especially when it, private might be the, a good word I'm a pretty private person and um, I think I get that from my dad a little okay. bit and so um, but he picked up on it and I, I'm glad he asked and yeah. so yeah definitely Did, not a normal part of like hey how you feeling like right how's life like we never really had those conversations necessarily and so is that something that started to be more normal after that like did that kind of open a door to something that hadn't been there previously not really no okay i wouldn't say that we our relationship went to the next level um but that wasn't anything he did or Mm -hmm. it's just Mm -hmm. part of our relationship i guess yeah Mm -hmm. and i'm not that way with most people so yeah right (laughs) again a lot of that's on me and um so but yeah no he he, that moment though was definitely something i don't know if i'll ever forget yeah um do you think that has maybe shaped how you are with your son Mm. Um, or impacted it at all and how you like look for things or interact with him. Yeah, I would definitely say so. I mean, that was definitely a huge moment in my life and I've had other situations similar to that and just learning, but, uh, having someone notice when something's wrong Mm -hmm. and ask a simple question Mm -hmm. and to care. Yeah. Um, definitely can have a huge impact on people's lives and especially when it's your father or your, you know, a parent. And so that was definitely something that, you know, I, I hope to carry over with my son and, um, have good relationship like that where I notice when something's off and we can have open conversations. Mm -hmm. And I would say that even now our, my relationship with my son is a little bit more open than what me and my dad had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I love that story. I think it shows the importance of like, trying to be in tune with your kids and uh, even when it's not your norm, like I think sometimes we can be overbearing and I think typically moms get the the rap for being kind of overbearing emotionally like that. Mm-hmm. Like what's wrong? What are you, what are you going through? What are, you know, mm-hmm. asking all those questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but especially for somebody that's not normally the one asking, Hey, how are you right. feeling? How are you doing right. for him to do that? Like mm-hmm. is huge. Like, and that can teach parents a lot. Yeah. Like, hey, take the time maybe think about how you're going to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Don't be overbearing about it. Word them properly. Mm-hmm. Like, cause he could have been like accusatory, right? Like, Hey, why are you being so mopey? Right. You know, like yeah. something like that, but mm-hmm. he didn't. Mm-hmm. He just said, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a different question. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. I was going to bring that up a little bit cause this story has been running through my mind since we've talked about this, but what is kind of an, another way of asking, you know, what, when you do notice that, what are some questions that, or a healthy way of opening that door. I mean, obviously, are you okay? Can be good. Is there any other ways to open that conversation that you've experienced? Stacy, what do you think? Gosh, 
I can think of a couple different scenarios with our kids and I can't think of a time that we didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, but definitely know to ask like the very same thing, like, are you okay? Or how is this Mm -hmm. going? How has this changed? How are you feeling about X, Y, Z? Um, and a lot of times too, just I'm checking in Mm, what's the latest. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, you do the intentionality of your dad just point blank asking and from a perspective of you could tell his position of his heart. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's very different. And you brought that into that the way you confront the situation is probably going to determine what you receive back in that situation. And when your kiddo knows I'm coming from a place of caring about you and I'm asking because I want to be a part of a solution or just checking in and making sure Mm -hmm. there's nothing I can do to change this for you. Because in some situations when it comes to parenting and your kid is in a funk, there may not be anything you can do. Mm -hmm. I mean, when one of your kiddos is crying about a room they missed, you can't change it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But when things are even bigger than that, um, I can't change the situation, but I want you to know I'm here and we can Mm -hmm. talk at any time Mm -hmm. about whatever is going on. Yeah. There's so many ways to do it, but I think it's about the positioning of your heart Mm -hmm. and the and the way that you approach it is going to be huge. Yeah. I think um, not approaching it when there's already tension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if mm-hmm. there's, you know, a blow up or an argument or there's already tears or whatever, mm-hmm. like um, it's probably best to let that simmer mm-hmm. and, and let them kind of maybe, maybe they go to their room or kind of whatever your norm is yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but then I also think like uh, secluding that kid from, if you have multiple children, like, mm-hmm not doing it at the dinner table in front of everybody. (laughs) Like, Hey, you've kind of been, uh, acting like a baby lately. What's going on? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, but getting them one, even if it's like intentionally taking them out for like coffee or ice cream or something like that and being like, Hey, I noticed like you've been off a little bit lately. Um, is there something going on? Is there something at school? Mm -hmm. Um, I would say most times they're going to be like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. Mm -hmm. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, and sometimes when there is those bigger things, like you had a move or they Mm -hmm. changed schools, like those, those things are harder for them to just like pinpoint and be like, yeah, I've been kind of moody since, you know, we moved or whatever. Yeah, like right. that's hard to pinpoint, but, yeah. um, yeah, I think if you seclude them, it'll be easier for them to, to have those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I will say too, I'm benefiting from having adult children and, um, we have had situations where Justin and I have tried to step into a situation and we've gotten to a point of everything's in the open but now there needs to be a sense of supporting mm-hmm. um, now that we've uncovered whatever the situation may be. And um, our older sons and even our daughter-in-law, almost laws, um, are very good about checking in with our younger kids when something's mm-hmm. up. Like if we say, hey, can you check in with this brother? Mm-hmm. Or th- Man, the whatever. number of times I've gotten that text as the oldest I'm child. Sure. <laughs> and you, yeah, you. it really does. Like there's, it's a different relationship Um that we've been able to benefit from these older siblings who they absolutely adore Mm -hmm. wanting to be plugged into what's going on in their life. And sometimes they're more willing to share, um, additional things or mom and dad said this, but I just don't know. Um, and they can support that too. So that's been super helpful. I think even sometimes using the older siblings as a resource to say, Hey, I noticed this about your brother or whatever. And then being able to like, Oh yeah, maybe this happened or no, I think they're fine. You know, yeah. whatever it is, yep. like, mm-hmm. but just, yes, asking them, Hey, can you go kind of intervene? But yeah. also just like, Hey, give me the scoop. What you got? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so what are some things in the, I don't know, in your experience or even just that you've seen, we've talked about some of them that may be the root cause of our child acting differently. So we had a situation, this was not directly, um, in our family, but we we're sitting at a football game talking with another mom and she turned and asked my daughter, have you noticed that my child has been grouchy all week this week? And she, my daughter was like, no, not really. Seemed totally fine to me. And as we continue to talk through the situation, recognizing that he had asked her a question at home earlier in the week about if you and dad ever got divorced, what would happen to us kids? And when she said that, I said to her, you do realize that he's got two of his best buddies that are walking through a situation like that. Mm -hmm. And so just a realization that our kids are processing things we may not even recognize or know. And in this situation, she did know, and it just, it didn't even dawn on her that her son was being impacted by what friends were walking through. Um, He's not, but that was still, he was still in his mind playing over the what ifs in his own, in his own mind. And so she was like, oh my gosh, I have to have have to talk to him after this game. Like, I can't believe that I didn't think about that. Um, and she kind of had like a, Oh, I feel so badly that I've been all over his case. And she said, I wish I would have dug a little deeper Mm. with, you know, Mm -hmm. anything going on or, and it wasn't with him. And I've had boys, I have a couple of boys, but I've had my boys where they have trouble putting words to the thoughts that they're having or words, to the emotions that they're experiencing. They just, they struggle with that far more than my daughter does. She can express it all. Um, but I do think there are times where there comes shame with what they need to share, um, or embarrassment, um, uns- insecurities in what they're thinking or feeling, even if it's not something they necessarily are experiencing, but maybe a friend is. Mm-hmm. And, um, those are all things to consider. And sometimes you don't even know. Right. That's a good, I, yeah, I didn't think of that. Like my, I think my kids have also kind of experienced similar things where they know their friend is dealing with this or experienced this mm-hmm. and then they're concerned about it mm-hmm. in their own life, mm-hmm. you know, happening to them. Yep. Um, you know, I, like one of my kids especially hit like in a couple different scenarios, experienced death yes. with mm-hmm. people he was pretty close yes. to. Um, but like we weren't even connected to it. And mm-hmm. so yeah. then we processed it at home. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, here, let's talk through this. Like, here's what, you know, here's what we know. (laughs) Here's what God says. Here's Mm -hmm. what Jesus says. And kind of like process through it that way. Um, because those what ifs can just burrow in and drive a kid crazy. Absolutely. Drive an adult crazy. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. I think just, I mean, just like you were saying with adults, you know, we'd go through these things too, where we, where we, have these outside stresses and outside events that impact our attitudes and behaviors too. And so asking these questions of our kids every now and then and, um, noticing what are some of the stressors in a student's life? You know, it's, it is their friends, it is, um, school, it is even their family, you know, it could be a sibling, it could be, uh, you know, something in the neighborhood, it could be, um, a multitude, multitude of things. And then sometimes it's just internal, you know, mm-hmm. I think, um, there's a lot of people that deal with insecurities and doubts and um, potentially even some mental illness type mm-hmm. situations where they don't know how to deal with the the thoughts and feelings that they're having or the emotions that they're dealing with. And so they just either bottle it up or get angry or have that emotion overflow um, into a, a bad situation potentially. Yeah. And so 
um, asking questions as a parent can be just super helpful. And again, going back to just the heart of why you're doing it and not just to interrogate and to overbear, but to really care about your kid. Um, asking questions can really open the door to figuring out what those things are and it can be hard sometimes. Yeah. So what if it's not our own kid that we're seeing this stuff in? Like, um, I think being in ministry, you know, we see a lot of kids and mm-hmm. teenagers and stuff. Um, but then with kids, friends, like my kids are really starting to get to that age where I'm around their friends a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so what if it's not our kids, you know, a friend or a niece or nephew, like, I guess what, what can we do? Like what ability, what freedom do you, you know, see as like, we can step in and, and, and do something about this situation. This is a really hard one. Mm-hmm. Um, I can think of two specific situations with my own children that it's so hard to go to another parent and confront a situation, and want them to know, like I am coming to you out of concern, not out of judgment. Mm-hmm. And, um, gosh, so hard to want them to hear you because oftentimes parenting, I feel like the gap between how parents all functioned was so much closer when I was a kid and when Mm -hmm. my parents were parenting. And now so many parents want to be their child's friend before they want to parent. And so it's just the, you don't know where you're going to land with some parents. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you battle the, do I confront them? Do I say something? What if their response is this? What it's so hard. Um, on the flip side of that, if you don't confront it and something happens, mm-hmm. where does that leave your heart? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think you have to go with a, again, I hope you can hear my heart and what I'm going to share with you. I'm concerned about this, this, or this. Um, and in one situation, it turned out very good. Um, thankfully, like the, the mm-hmm. child did um, attempt suicide and my son was mm-hmm. a part of the aftermath of that. Um, a lot of conversations in our home that I never thought we'd ever have to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and his, it was unsuccessful and thankfully the Lord has redeemed that situation, but it was a lot for my son to bear as a 17 year old kid. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot to bear um, as an adult. Oh, it was. Mm-hmm. And, and that was part of the thing was, uh, he was attempting to support the parents in this situation and keep them abreast of what was happening on the social side of things. Mm-hmm. And eventually it got to the point where he just said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And so we stepped in as his parents and I felt guilty at that point. Like I've let this go on too deep and too far for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another situation, it was an eating disorder situation mm-hmm. and something I didn't address. And I wish I would have later found out that the mom did find out about it, but I felt guilty that I had been suspicious and did not say anything yeah. out of, it's not my spite in my spot to say something. And I wish I would have. Yeah. That's so hard. Yeah. I think being in youth ministry, we've seen both of those scenarios play yeah. out and students and trying to figure out when do I say something? Yeah. Like when is it appropriate? Um, I know like in, my wife's line of work and as a, as a counselor, like she'll tell specifically teenagers often, like I'm okay with you being mad at me if it's going to keep you safe. Um, and so I think that's more geared towards like the self-harm suicide ideation stuff, but like it, I would rather lose a relationship with, with a student and then, yeah. And then be safe than, yeah. Then something, horrible to happen. Um, but, but then sometimes there's those like 
oh, like, I just noticed your kid is acting a little bit different. Like, mm -hmm. I just wanted you to be aware. Like, even if it's not like they're being mean, like, I just noticed your kid's acting a little bit different when they come over to our house. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's still a hard conversation mm -hmm. to have, but mm -hmm. um, I think it's a little bit easier than like, hey, your kid's all of a sudden a bully, <laughs> and I don't like it. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough. Troy, yeah. what are your thoughts? I don't have much <laughs> to add to that. I would just be curious. I, I haven't necessarily been in that situation where it's been a friend of a, of my kids or anything like that, but I'd be curious if I, if I had a close enough relationship with, with the parent to just even ask them, Hey, are you doing okay? Mm. Like mm -hmm. how, how, how's, how's family going for you guys? And, and what are, what are some things that, you know, you might be dealing with? And so just checking in there as well. Cause some of that, um, conflict that the kid is experiencing might be trickled down from parents. And so, um, if I felt comfortable enough with a parent, I wonder if I would, if I would do that, mm -hmm. if that'd be helpful. So, yeah. Hard conversations to step into. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Mm -hmm. All right. So jumping back to like, when it is our kid, what can we do to help them? Like, what are some, some tips, some tricks, some tools that we can use to, uh, come alongside our own children and help them to move from here to there? One of the things we did is we got real intentional with spending um, a specific time. Like it was in the calendar. This time, every night, we're going to sit down and chat. Family? Like all, all no, family just together? with that child. Okay. Like everybody else is going to bed. We're going to so chat. So when you notice one specific kid mm -hmm. is yep. dealing with something, it's yep. like, hey, this is our time. Yep. Mm -hmm. And um, we've actually done it with two of our kiddos. And um, honestly think that setting that time aside, they felt very seen. Mm -hmm. And... Um, validated. Yeah. And again, not necessarily always knowing what was going on, but just needing my parents are giving me undivided attention and whatever it is we're going to work through, we're going to work through it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that would be one of the things that I, I feel like has been beneficial for us in those situations. Um, so just that intentionality. And then I think too, um, we talk a lot about having other faith influencers and I mentioned earlier, my older kids being involved with my younger kids, but I do think those faith influencers are places that help support us as parents, mm -hmm. as well as your child when there is something going on where things just seem off. Um, and even I, I have a little four-year-old little guy that's in our pre-K ministry on Sundays who is really struggling right now. And the mom asked me this week, can I please bring him and talk to you? Like, and I was like, well, I'm not a counselor. Like, are you <laughs> sure you want someone else? But she's like, I know he loves you. And so... Yeah. Mm having those faith influencers in your kids' lives are bridging hopefully a gap between you and your child in moments like that, where you're just not able to connect with, with your child. Those that's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mentioned a, a counselor, like, and obviously I've said that before, like I'm yeah. fully supportive yes. of that. I think it's great. But sometimes I think it's just somebody other than mom and dad. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I've had parents like message me and be like, Hey, uh, can you like suggest this to my kid? <laughs> like <laughs> they're probably going to say yes, if it's coming from right. not me. Yes. Uh, and so like, yeah, I think sometimes it's just hearing the same message maybe that mom and dad are saying from somebody else mm -hmm. or just getting that care and support from somebody else. Who's not, you know, living day to day with them is, is really, really important. Yeah. yeah. That's good. I like, what you were saying, Stacey, with the one-on-one -on -one time, especially if you're in a family with a lot of kids, because yes. <laughs> uh, I can see that with my son, even this morning, just some things that it's like, he's the only boy, he's the oldest, he's got these two babies that can't communicate at home, and it's like, he just needs some time mm -hmm. with mom or dad, or with both of us, whatever, and so 
I think that, that would be huge for him and mm-hmm. for anyone that's really any kid that's kind of going through something to have that undivided attention yes. from parents can be crucial for sure. Yeah. I love when there's multiple kids and then like you have one boy, you have one girl, mm-hmm. we have one girl. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think there's really cool opportunity there for each parent really. Mm-hmm. But like thinking specifically about my wife and mm-hmm. her relationship with our mm-hmm. daughter, cause she had three boys first and you experienced mm-hmm. the same thing. Like it's such a cool opportunity to have a different type of relationship than you've had with any of your other kids. Yep. And then, but then for me as a dad to be able to have mm-hmm. a cool type of relationship with the only girl, um, and then be able to step in in those certain, like build that relationship when it's not chaotic, but then when it is chaotic or it is hard, be able to step in, mm-hmm. in a unique role yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and be able to like speak life into them is, mm-hmm. is really cool. Yeah. That's one thing that we found beneficial during this season. I don't know if that's what helped or not, but with, with our son recently, um, we just started telling him like who he is, like mm-hmm. you're a helper, like did you help anyone today? And like, just really encourage some of the things that he's good at and, Mm -hmm. and, and really point out those things when he was doing them. And I, again, we, I don't know exactly what kind of turned the ship around a little bit for him, but those, that was one thing that I know that we intentionally started doing and pretty quickly Mm -hmm. things started changing. And so just speaking confidently into who he is and speaking confidence into him, um, I think was helpful for us. And so, if you're able to identify what are your kids good at and what are their strengths and what are their great characteristics that you can point out and, and emphasize and support as best you can, I think mm-hmm. might be helpful in, in helping bring them back to who they are. Mm-hmm. This probably goes without saying, but I really think I need to say it. <laughs> and I think I've said it every time we've talked, but praying mm-hmm. for your child and praying with your child mm-hmm. when you see them struggling with something that you ask them, how do you want me to pray about this with you and for you? And um, modeling sometimes what it is you're praying for them to hear it out, out loud is going to be important for them to know how to even pray for themselves and then know mom and dad are praying for me mm-hmm. about about this situation too is, again, I think that's kind of a given, but it is the thing that is probably the most powerful and we kind of just, eh, yeah, I prayed for it. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. it really is an important piece to this puzzle. Yeah, and I think we're doing that on a regular basis then it's going to come more naturally when things are difficult yeah. and kind of like everything. Like if you're trusted with small things, then you can be trusted with big things. Yeah. Like if you're praying about you know normal thing, like, yeah. you know, just praying for your kid on a daily mm-hmm. basis, then when hard thing, like that's going to maybe be your default. Like mm-hmm. I'm already praying for them. Like now I can just pray for yeah. this bigger situation. And as they get older, the situations are going to get bigger mm-hmm. and more important and more hurtful to them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hmm. <coughs> Um, I think one of the things that Troy, you had kind of sent in some, some conversation was talking about structure, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and, and thinking specifically about both of our situations and moving kids and changing schools. And sometimes either their structure changes, like what they're used to, um, or like going through a season and they don't have structure. Um, and so establishing some structure to give them some rhythm mm-hmm. and routine, mm-hmm. I think can be really, really important, even if it's just for a quick season mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or maybe life is so crazy you need a Saturday where it's no structure. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. you just kind of no rules. Like there's no, you know, no set times for anything. You don't have to be anywhere. You don't have to be in a hurry. You're just kind of hanging out. Mm -hmm. Um, I think both of those can be really, really helpful in Mm -hmm. certain situations. And communicating that too, like when change is coming, give them an opportunity to start processing that before the change happens. Mm -hmm. We're going to be 
moving in two weeks. So we're going to start this, or we're going to move to a new house or a new baby's coming home or whatever the Mm -hmm. situation is, but starting the communication with them so that they can start processing what's to come Mm -hmm. when things get hairy or out of sync with what they're used to can also be hugely important to making them feel secure, even when things seem so unnatural Mm -hmm. or not normal for them. Yeah, that's good. I think a new baby coming has been mentioned a couple different times. And I think one of the things that like we do just as, I don't know, humans, like we like tend to joke with the older kids like, Oh, you're, you know, new baby's coming. The focus is going to be on the, like kind of joking, but then like almost like speaks it into existence. Like the more we can like coach them to be excited about things like that, like how excited are you going to be big brother? Like, and just being able to be excited in that moment with them. I think that helps to get them in the right headspace about it. Um, rather than thinking about if we're, if we're putting those even seeds of doubt in them Mm -hmm. or, um, seeds of like unimportance now that the the new baby's here like they're going to latch onto that and it's going to grow and that's going to be really hard for them to process and i think the more we can be like hey like it's super cool that you get to be a big brother it's super Mm -hmm. cool you get to be a big sister or whatever and let them like own that role that they have now Mm -hmm. because that's a big role like that's a cool role to be in and it doesn't have to be the my siblings getting all the attention, right? Some of those behaviors may still come out because it, it is hard. It is a big adjustment, mm-hmm. yeah. but mm-hmm. I think the more we can do on the front end, like yeah. telling them that you're going to have a baby, make it exciting, make it fun. Mm-hmm. Don't be putting those things and pay attention to what other people are saying. Like yeah. don't good. let other people be like, Oh yeah, you're going to be forgotten now. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's actually saying that, but <laughs> the sentiment gums for it sure. Comes, yeah. yeah, for sure. I was, as you're talking about that, I think it'd be interesting to as I'm thinking about raising my family and maybe you've experienced this, Stacey, is how do you prepare for that moment when you're the crisis comes yeah. or like when the, they do not act like themselves and how can you open or create a home that is safe for them to feel like they can come to you. Um, so that way they don't feel like they have to do it alone. And so I'm just, as you were thinking through that, I was thinking, what would that look like and how can we do that? And I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? as far as how to prepare an environment in your home. So that way when it, it, the the crisis does come. I think when you do, when you do communicate clearly when changes are coming, they know they can trust you Mm -hmm. so that when the unexpected comes up, they still know they can trust you. Mm -hmm. Um, and for example, our middle child was hit with a bottle racket or rocket copter I think is what it's actually called um I thought it was a bottle rocket um such an odd text to get (laughs) um and when I called the two oldest brothers who were at college and I was not probably in the right state of mind when I called them Mm -hmm. because I thought it was a bottle rocket I thought as I had been and you thought he was gonna lose his eye at the time yeah I thought it was actually like on fire um they ought I mean both of them were home immediately Mm -hmm. and um the question was, do I need to go to dad or I need to come to you? Like they mm-hmm. knew where the spaces were that they were needed and came out of concern, out of wanting to comfort, out of wanting to be a piece of whatever was to come next. But I think because we had created this environment of when when we knew things were changing, this was safe. Mm-hmm. And now that we didn't know this was coming, this is still the space we function together as a family and come together. Mm-hmm. So I think creating a pattern of, trust within your home because we are always communicating 
when we can. Mm -hmm. And when we can't, we still know this is the place that Mm -hmm. we will navigate this together. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. I, I think we talk about this a lot, but just like being open and communicating well with your kids Mm -hmm. is so important. Um, and allowing for the space for them to process, yeah. mm-hmm. whether it's out loud or you know, individually or whatever. Uh, I think those are huge in that preparation. Mm-hmm. Like, just like you would train for something mm-hmm. like, um, in that normal every day when you're dealing with small things, mm-hmm. like when there's, I don't, I don't know, I'm trying to think like my youngest son started kindergarten last year, started off with one teacher for like three days, really liked her, was really excited. And then they took their class and split it up into a bunch of different Mm -hmm. classes. So he was with a kid that was in his preschool class, one of his best friends Mm -hmm. and another, a girl from church, you know, like there's like all these kids in his class and he really liked his teacher. And then, then he was with none of them. Mm -hmm. And so that was really hard for him Mm -hmm. to deal with, but he had seen he was young, but his brothers have to transition to different schools, to Mm -hmm. different teachers. Mm -hmm. One of my kids lost a teacher during the, I mean like, Mm all this stuff that he's seen like them mm-hmm. process through. And I think that really helped him to be able mm-hmm. to just kind of like go with the flow. Now, part of that, I feel like a bad parent because we put our kids through so much transition, <laughs> yeah. but like, I think he handled it really well partially right. because he had seen his mm-hmm. brothers handle it. And, yeah. and I, I don't know. I assume they all share a room. I assume they had conversations about right. that in their right. room. And I'm sure like your boys have had that too, where they've been able to talk about, small things all the way to huge, big things mm-hmm. when you're not around and you mm-hmm. don't have yep. any part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. So mm-hmm. that's one good thing. You have three girls, you have three boys. Mm-hmm. I have four boys. And that was one of the things Justin and I talked about this week that it really is a pretty cool thing that they get to experience a lot of life from the same sports is something that brings my boys together yep. in and it is the space that there are times where, you know, Jensen and I probably would be like, gosh, I mean, we do join in it. We're sitting at the table, but or at the, on the couch, but they communicate about everything all season long. Sarah like, talks about it being a foreign the language. It is. She's <laughs> like, I'm the, our boys are starting to get to the age where like, she's like, I don't understand what you guys are talking yeah. about right now. Yeah. It, but it is such a, those spaces of sports and their communication will be some space that when something does happen, that is going to be the, the circle that they go back to. Mm-hmm. And when something is hard, these are the people that know me the best because they know all the good, all the bad, ugly, all the ugly. And I'm so grateful that my boys have that in each other. And I have no doubt that Jensen will be included in that, you know, and when crisis should come, but that is a, a, a gift that my boys have. And I'm sure your boys will, yeah. and your girls mm-hmm. will, that the other sibling won't be excluded from that, but it is a very unique and special thing that mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for. Yeah. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. You guys got anything else? Last thoughts, parting gifts for our audience. (laughs) I think as parents, we have to recognize that we struggle with this too. Mm -hmm. That there is anytime we're overstimulated with life's stuff, our kids are, our kids are going to have outward expression and we do too. We just excuse ourselves for whatever (laughs) our behaviors are. And um, we probably don't extend the grace to our kids as much as we do ourselves Mm, with, you know, hurt, anger, tears, whatever, all the things that we talked about at the very beginning, but recognizing that how we model that for our kids is going to be important too. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Yeah. I get hangry, you know, (laughs) that's okay. That, that's something to be said too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when your kids are acting Mm -hmm. out, I used to say to my husband all the time, 
with our boys, it's one of two things. They either need to go to the bathroom or they need to be fed. Like those two things really do have an impact yeah. on your child's mm-hmm. behavior. Our, mm-hmm. Especially our two year old right now. Like she'll get home from daycare and just is melting down. Yeah. And we're like, I think she needs to eat. And then she eats and she's so much better. Yes. Yeah. Restroom or food. That's it's yeah. many times try those two things first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, good conversation. Um, I'm sure the adult part of that conversation could be a whole other episode if we, if we wanted to jump into it. But um, if you want to send us comments or suggestions or just pat us on the back because you think we're cool, <laughs> uh, youngjen at countylinechurch.org. Um, you can, I don't know, get resources. We have a sticky faith resource page mm-hmm. on the County Line Church website. Couldn't tell you what that web address is off the top of my head, but if you go to countylinechurch.org, you can find it there. Yep. So anyway, thanks for listening. We will be with you next time. Our next episode will be in just a couple weeks. Cool. See you guys later. Bye. One, two, three.